0: Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. All I want for Christmas. All I want for Christmas. Get your Bibles now. Get your Bibles and turn them to Luke. Luke, the second chapter. Amen. Luke, the second chapter. Now, when I say get your Bibles, I know that's old school today because many of you, you have tablets, you've got cell phones, you've got I hope y'all don't have that Samsung 7. They're going to make you take that one back. But if you got everything else, you open them up. Amen. And I want you to see on the screen Luke, the second chapter. It is time to go to the word of God. Would you say amen? I want to thank God for all the wonderful things, but when it's time to go to the Word, it's time to go to the Word. Now, I want you to go to the Word, either you're reading it there or reading it yourself. I'm old school. I want to read mine from the Bible and look at it. I want to make notes. I want to see things, and I want to hear the Holy Spirit as He talks to me. So that's just the way that I do it, but I want you to know today, you're going to need your Bibles because I'm going to ask you to do some jumping back and forth so you want to make sure that you are staying with that and Harold you're going to to stay with me I'm going to jump back and forth a little bit all right on these scriptures but I know you can handle it so I'm not even worried about it all right get your Bibles as we go to Luke the second chapter and the title of the message is all I want for Christmas what did I say folks? all I want for Christmas. If I were to ask you, what do you want for Christmas? We could go through here, and I could start getting some 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 things on what you want. Sister Sandra already got something in mind. She, yes, I see it right there. I can see it from here. All I want for Christmas. When I was a little boy, they had this story, and, and it was a song, and, and it said, all I want for Christmas is my two front Teeth. Y'all remember that one? He just wanted his two front teeth so he could eat. Isn't that right? He could handle that corn on the cob. That's when he wanted to know his two front teeth. But if we were to ask you, what do you want for Christmas? We would begin to get a list of things that may fall in categories. It may be things that are clothes or, or maybe cars or another house move out of where we are. And some people just want that big screen TV, right? You want? The, they want that round one, the 4K, the one that slips around. Huh? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Uh, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And all these new things that come out, we want some things and some stuff and we want to say, these are the things that I want for Christmas. And when we do that, we have to be careful of what we're doing and how we're even setting ourselves up because all that a Christian should want for Christmas is is to make sure that your relationship with Christ is in place to make sure that salvation is sure that your calling and election is sure so let's look at this story today a story that you know so well but I want to go through it with you in a little bit of a different manner in this story there are four particular participants four major participants in this story the story of Jesus now there are others but there's four majors three of them are groups And one is an individual. And one of the groups does not belong in this story. Now, you know the story. We're going to go over it. I want you to watch it. I want you to see if you can figure out what, and see if you follow me. I want you to watch this today. Not just read the story. You've heard the story many, many times. You hear it every year. But I want you to see it from a different point of view. And you're going to see three groups, one individual. And one of the groups does not even belong in the story, not in this capacity. Let's look at the story. I'm in Luke. Second chapter, I'm starting at verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were what, folks? What does it say? Sore afraid. It says they were sore afraid. And some of, you, some of your Bibles it will say they were frightened. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. for unto you is born this day in the city of a, in the city of Davids a saviour, which is who Christ the Lord, and this shall be a sign unto you: ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was an angel. With the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angel were gone away from them unto heaven, the shepherd said one to another, Let us go now even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, and which the Lord hath made known unto us. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen and was told unto them. Now, let's take this story. We're going to take it apart. We're going to break it down. And I'm looking for three groups and one individual. How many groups? Three groups and one individual. The individual, let's get right to it and start. There's only one particular individual that is a major player in this story. Who would that one person be that's the major, major participant or major character of this story? Who would that one be? Jesus let's look and see let's go to uh, the verse where we see that I want you to see where Jesus in verse 11 and 12 look at verse 11 and 12 for unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior which is Christ the Lord this shall be a sign unto you ye shall find the babe so the babe Jesus Christ the Lord is the main character he's the one person that stands out above all it is Jesus and we know that Jesus is the person that stands above all of the names amen it is Christ, and that is why we are here, because Christ made the great sacrifice that you and I have have the opportunity to have that privilege of eternal life. Now there is a second group, and the, now the first group, I'm sorry, that's the first individual, now the first group. The first group is found in verse 13. You got your Bibles? Look in verse 13. It's on the screen. Verse 13. So who would be the first group? Anybody know? Let's look at verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying. So we see in verse 13, the first group were angels. Should the angels have been there in this story? Let's keep going. We'll find out. The second group. The second group is found in verse 16. Look in verse 16. I hope that you're with me today. I don't want you sleeping on me. I want you to go to verse 16. And in verse 16, it says, And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a man. So who's the second group? Mary and Joseph, okay, that's that second group of people there. Mary and Joseph, should they be in this story? Well, we will see. It looks like they should be in this story. Then there's the third group. The third group is in verse 8. Go to verse 8 with me, if you will. Verse 8 in your Bibles, still in Luke, the second chapter. In verse 8, and there were in the same country who? Shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. So who's the third group? the shepherds all right should the shepherds be in this story i want you to see that there are those who are in this story and i want you to know that uh, in the groups that are there you've got groups of angels first you have jesus he's definitely got to be in the story because the story is about him. There are angels. The angels are supposed to be in this story. Because the angels are the ones, of course, who announce what is about to happen to the world and to the people who are there. Mary and Joseph, they're supposed to be in this story. Without Mary and Joseph, there would be no story, of course. And also, Mary and Joseph is the one group who knew for certain one thing that no one else could even figure out, and that no one else was sure of. Mary knew within herself that she had not been with a man. Amen? Everybody else in the world, you've got to realize what's going on. You know, we look back at it now, but when you think about it, if someone comes, a young lady comes and says, well, I'm pregnant, but I haven't been with any man. You go, okay, all righty, all righty. We need to start get some counseling for her. Because we know the process, isn't that right? And so Mary had to think many times in the midnight hour, Lord, what is going on? Because she knew within herself, she knew that she was a good woman, a decent woman, and she had not been with a man. So Mary knew that something special was going on here. Where everybody else may have had doubt, Mary knew. And even Joseph, and we see in Matthew, the first chapter, Joseph had doubts first. It says, as Joseph thought on these things, he thought to put her away. Being a decent man, he said, well, she may have some other problems. I'm not going to make a bit. But then it says, as he laid down to sleep, the angels came to him and gave him a dream. And so he knew. So the two of them in that group knew something that no one else actually understood and was sure of. They knew something holy was going on. They knew something different was going on. They knew something miraculous was going on. They knew something from God was happening. So that group, they had to be there. But the shepherds. And, and, and rather than, than, than take you to a to, to long period of process here, I'm going to tell you in the book Great Controversy. How many have ever read Great Controversy? You ever read the book Great Controversy? How many of you have the book Great Controversy? You own it. Okay. All right. How many of you own the book Desire of Ages? Okay, good. Now, you own it. Now, let's go back. How many of you have read through the Great Controversy? Be truthful. Be honest. You know, this is how the hand went. I seen a couple pages in the book before, but I ain't read the whole book. Okay. I got it. All right, that's good. Not a problem. How about desire of ages? You all have it. How many have the book? How many have read all the way through the book? How many have done this in the book? Okay, all right. Gotta look at it in All right, it's just it's just it's just, it's just the Heinz taught me that one. Okay. So we have looked at the book. We have seen it. I want you all to know something that the Bible is the number one book that we should read. Amen. Nothing is ever to be placed above the Bible. Amen? But the spirit of prophecy has been given to this church as eyes in the last days. And many times we neglect the benefits that are there. You're not to place it above the Bible. We don't go into that right now, but you need to understand that the spirit of prophecy has given you an edge. It has given you something that illuminates. It takes us in deeper, and it helps us to understand what God is doing in this time. In the book, Great Controversy, page 313 through 316, it tells us that the angels, and if you watch the story and you look at it in the Bible, it will tell you and give you the hints to it, and spirit of prophecy will fill in many of the the gray areas or be between the lines that when the angels came down from heaven they were looking for someone who was ready they were looking for a group who was ready to announce to the world that Jesus was born they came and announced to the shepherds they didn't do the work that the others were supposed to do oh I hope that you follow me right now God could have had the angels just say all over the world, peace on earth, goodwill to earth. He did not. They were to speak to a specific group. That group was then to go and tell the world. So when they came, they were looking for the group that they could find, that they should tell this to. They knew exactly who they were supposed to go to. Who were they supposed to go to to tell this message? Who were they supposed to go to? Anybody have an idea? Hmm? We said the shepherds. Anybody else? They were never supposed to go to the shepherds. The shepherds are not even supposed to be in the story here. Do you know who they were supposed to go to? They were supposed to go to the priest. They're supposed to go to the church. They're supposed to go to you and I. they were supposed to go to the Jewish church at the time, the priests, the scribes, the Pharisees, those who were in the leadership. They were called those who held the oracles of God. God has set aside the Jewish nation and preserved the Jewish nation just for that reason. So that when Jesus was born, they could see that one who was promised through the seed of Abraham down through the lineage of David was to come on earth. The church was the ones, they were the one that God had sent the angels and they were looking for. They actually came and looked for the church. They looked for the Jewish leaders, the priests. They came into the church and what they found was that they were not Ready, or are you following me now? That's just starting to click in anybody's mind. Oh, you better stay with me. I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere. All right, he already knows where I'm going. I'm going. All right. The church was not ready. The church was sleep. The church were involved in doing rituals that made no sense and had no value. The church was involved in arguing with each other. The church was involved in judging each other. The church had factions in it. You had Sadducees and Pharisees, and they were at odds with each other, and yet they were making up the church. You had those who would not allow people to come in their presence. You had church members. You all remember the Good Samaritan? The Good Samaritan. The man was on the side of the road, and he was all beat up and cut and and what happened the priest came remember that was a priest that came by and said I can't get my clothes dirty I'm a priest so he would not bow you have that going on in the church all that was happening in the church then and so when the angels came and if you read Great Controversy, it's on page 313 to 315 it says that the angels looked around and when the angels looked at the church they were so disappointed elders you you got you you want to read this it said that the angel started his journey back to heaven He said, I I, I don't, there's no one that would bear this. I'm going back to heaven. And instead, he had to go back to heaven and to bring sad tidings to the Father. Are you all following me this morning? There was no one there to tell that Jesus was going to be born. Ellen White said, It's the greatest event in the history of mankind. And the church was so asleep, there was no one for the angel to talk to because the church was not. Ready. Say that with me. The church was not. One more time. The church was not ready. And so you read the story. It said the angel was on his way back to heaven. And as he looked, he saw a group of shepherds (laughs) and the shepherds were there and they were tending their flocks. They were not looking for the angel to come from heaven, but it says that they were ready because they had heard that a Savior was to be born, and they believed it. As simple as that. They heard that a Savior was going to be born, and they believed it. Now, the shepherds were not considered Christians. The shepherds were not considered the church You know what the shepherds were considered then? Heathen. You follow me? They were heathen people because they did not know, they didn't worship a one God. Many of the heathen who actually acknowledged any creator, they worshiped all kinds of idols. They worshiped gods of wood and stone, and and some of them worshiped nothing at all, but these were considered heathen. Oh, I hope somebody is listening to me today. So God said, I can't come to my church. They're not ready. I've got to go to these heathen over here who at least believe. And that's why the angel turned and went to the shepherds. Now he went to the shepherds, and the news is so great that the, the, the one angel went, and this is one angel went. And it said that there were angels in heaven, multitudes, but they were hidden from their view. Oh my, you got y'all, y'all need to read. You missing this. You don't need to be watching TV and, and seeing seeing what, what, what's that, what Olivia Pope is doing. You need to be watching the scriptures and see what's going on. This thing is something else. Oh, some of y'all got that, all right. And so you need to be watching. And instead of the angels were in heaven, like in the background, they were like, it was dim, it was dark. The shepherds couldn't see them. How come the shepherds couldn't see them at this point? Too bright. It would have killed them. They couldn't have stood it. So the one angel came and said, Listen, listen, I want to tell you, Shepherd, something. I want you to get ready. You gotta watch this part. I want you to get ready. And, and now you want to look at the scripture because we're coming to verse 14. It said, I want you to get ready. The one angel on white said was to tell them to get them ready because he was already so bright, they were like this, they couldn't stand it. They had never seen that much brightness. They were they were frightened. You see, so he said, All right, calm down. I need to tell you something an announcement is going to be made. Now, in Desire of Ages, Ellen White says that. While the angel was calming them down and getting them ready, that it said strength came from heaven, God sent strength and strengthened these shepherds so they could handle anything. He gave them a superpower, young man, One day I'm going to talk to y'all about superheroes, amen? But he gave them, he said, they had a supernatural power that came on. Are y'all following me? Ooh, some people looking at me and saying, where did Pastor Harding find this guy? Where did they bring him from? Pastor Harding going to get some calls tonight, isn't that right? Listen, I'm telling you, you need to read the spirit of prophecy. Somebody say Amen need to read the Bible and read great controversy and read Desire of Ages, and you'll see some things there, and the Holy Spirit will open up and illuminate to us things that we are missing. We don't study enough. We're surface studiers. We're surface readers. We're surface prayers, and we've got to go deeper. And so then the angel was standing there telling me he was saying, he was saying, listen, I'm going to tell you something. And in the spirit of prophecy, in Desire of Ages, she says, while that angel, the one angel, was strengthening the men and calming them down, she said the other angels were like this. They, they could hardly hold it. She says they could hold it no longer. And verse 14. All the angels' brightness, it says it lighted up the whole plain, the whole field, and they all burst out in song. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace. Good will toward men. Let me tell you what's about to happen. A savior is going to be born in Bethlehem. And boy it said it just lit up the whole sky and the whole area. And and, and those shepherds were the only ones who saw this. How many church members do you think were there with the shepherds that saw Jesus come? How many, how many? None. Now, I could go on and on about that, but you got my point. You see what I'm talking about. I want you to know something. We now live in a—that's the story about Jesus. That's his first coming, his first advent. Jesus has promised that there will be a second advent. Amen? We all are looking for the second coming. I want you to know something. These shepherds represent somebody. These shepherds represent a group. They represent a group called the 11th hour workers. How many have ever heard? You heard that before? Raise your hand. You you heard that? You've read about it. Anybody ever heard about the 11th? How many have not heard about the 11th? You haven't? Raise your hand. You have not heard about the 11th hour workers. You're not aware of who that is. Oh, my. Oh, mercy, elder. We got work to do, right? There's a group called the 11th hour workers. That's who the shepherds were. They were not church members. They did not have the oracles. They were not raised up in the church. But they were people who believed because they heard and they believed honestly in their hearts. And God was able to use them. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is about to come again. How many believe Jesus is coming again? I know y'all, but let me see that. You believe Jesus is coming again? You said no. Uh-huh, I saw your head. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to get you afterward. I'm going to get you afterwards. She said, mm-hmm. She's just talking. We know that Jesus is coming again. It is prophetic. It is in the Bible. And he said the same thing that the angel is going to come and the angel's going to talk to a group and an angel's going to come down and there's a group of people who will go out just like the shepherds and tell the world. Now, listen, God could have the angels go and deliver the three angels' message, but that is not his plan. His plan is for you and me. To go out and deliver this, Sister Brooks, you see it, I see it on your face. We have a commitment. We are supposed to go. The angels are not going to do it. They could do it. They could do it. They're, They're angels. They could do it. God could commission them. He has not. He wants you and I to do it so that we have the experience and so that we are changed, so that sin is killed in our lives and holiness comes up. It's the process of sanctification. We are to be justified, sanctified, that we might be glorified, and this is a process that God has set aside for us. The three angels' message must be preached. In the Bible, the three angels' messages are outlined for us. Where do you find the three angels' messages in the Bible? Somebody tell me. where You all know where it is. Revelation what? Revelation 14. Revelation 14. Let's go there. Go in your Bibles. Revelation 14, verse 6. Revelation 14, verse 6. Are y'all getting tired? Y'all tired of me? Y'all ready to go home? If hey, you start leaning to the side, I'll come, I'll come down there and stand next to you. Don't you lean over when I'm preaching. Amen. All right, let's go to Revelation. Revelation, the 14th chapter. Revelation, the 14th chapter. In Revelation, fourteen chapter, verse 6. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on earth. And to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. Read with me verse 7 all together. Saying with a loud voice, what does it say? Fear God and give glory for the hour of his judgment is come and worship him that made the heaven and the earth and the sea and the fountains of water. Stop right there. You can put a little knot. That's the first angel's message. Now keep going. Verse 8. And there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she what? Made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath. That's the second angel's message. Then keep going. It tells us the third, because verse 9 says what? And the Third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, you can stop right there. That's the beginning of the third angel's message, and it tells you the penalty that comes with it. Those are the three angels' messages. That's the commission that you and I have to do that we're supposed to give to the world, not the angels, you and I. But I want you to know something. I'm going to leave you with this because I know I'm going to leave you with this. In the story, when Jesus came the first time as a baby, the church did not do its job. The church was not ready. The church was not there. The church did not receive and the church did not give. I hear some hum. When Jesus comes again, when Jesus comes again, there will be a group called the 11th hour workers. God will once again go to them. Oh boy, are you listening to me? I hope that you, I didn't come. You know, I could have came here today and preached to you about Christmas and Santa Claus and, and, re, and, and, and the reindeer. I don't have time to tell you that because time is very crucial right now, amen? We are living in serious times, amen? We don't know what will happen in the, we don't know what will happen this afternoon, amen? When we turn on the news, you don't know what is happening, what's going, listen, folks. God is trying to get his church ready. Now, I want you to know that there was a, there were individuals in the church that came later on, but the 11th hour worker is where God had to go. And I want you to know what I want for Christmas as I close. Now, I'm getting ready to close, all right? I'm going to close. I could, well, now, I, I could close now. Should, y'all ready for me to close? You, you, you sure? Some folks say, yeah. We're. Okay, I, I, go to Revelation the 7 chapter. Go to, me to Revelation 7 chapter. Revelation 7. Get your Bibles. Revelation 7 chapter verses 1 through 3. I'm going to share this with you. <clears throat> I share this in almost all of my messages now because of the time in which we live. We need to be alerted and wake up. Don't you think the church needs a wake-up call? hmm? Of course we do. Of course we do. Revelation, the seventh chapter, look at these three verses. Revelation, the seventh chapter, because this is you and I, and I want you to see something. There's a whole church that is just like the people back at the time when Jesus was born. And that church is a whole church of people who are sleeping. The church thinks that they're going to heaven. They think that they're ready. They think that they're all set to go, but they're not. It's a whole church, and I'll talk to you about that in a little bit. But right now, I want you to go to Revelation, the seventh chapter, verse one. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea or on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea. It says that the angel came from the east and he had the seal of the living God. Can somebody tell me right now, what is the seal of the living God that is referred to here? What's the seal? Anyone know what the seal is? Hmm? Yes, sir? He said the fourth commandment, you say? the Sabbath. Anybody else? Anybody know what the seal is? Hmm, the commandments? Okay. I know, you know, when 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 the saints start mumbling, we don't know. I think I'm not. All right. We're supposed to know. Amen? Now let's go to verse 3. Everybody read it with me, verse 3, all together. Come on, read it like you mean it. Saying, hurt not the earth. Okay, hold on. Stop, 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 stop. Everybody stop. stop, stop. I want everybody to read this. It's on the screen, in your Bibles, on your iPads. Okay, let's read this verse. It's important. It is you and I. Let's read it together. And read the Bible like it's the Bible, the word of God, all together now, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their form. If you understand that verse thoroughly and very well, praise God. If you do not. You need to ask God to help you to understand that verse. That verse outlines you and I in the day and age in which we live. It makes reference to what's coming. What do I want for Christmas, me personally? Dr. Asher, what I want, I want to see God's church step up. I want to see God's church do what it's supposed to do. I want to see God's church grow up. I want to see God's church become instruments Instruments of faith. I want to see God's church quit being the tail and be the head. Amen? Amen. We're supposed to be the head and not the tail. We're supposed to be the one who lends money, not borrows money. God said, I'll bless you. I'll bless you going in. I'll bless you going out. When we learn to obey, we need to understand and study God's word so that we know it for ourselves. Our health message, we need to understand what it means. Our health message is a whole lot more than saying, don't smoke cigarettes and don't eat pork. It's a whole lot more than that, a whole lot more than that. And we need to understand it and see how to apply it and what it does in our lives. And when we start telling others about it, you're going to see people come in here and fill up these chairs. They would do it. But we have to realize something. If we don't do it, there are some 11th hour workers who are waiting. Mm -hmm. I don't have time to go into it. How many of you would like to know a little more about the 11th hour work? You want to know more about that? We'll see about that in time. But I want you to know right now, it's Christmas, this is the season, and all we want to do is just be happy, happy. So, oh, it's Christmas time, and what you get, and what you gonna buy, what you gonna? Buy? They said forty three percent of the population wishes that Christmas would never happen, because all it brings is a financial burden to them, and you know that forty eight percent of people are depressed during this time. More people are going through depression because they are lonely, they're by themselves, or they don't have enough money, or they can't meet the commitments that people press in on them. I want to buy gifts for all of my, but I, I can't. I got all these nieces and nephews and grand, and I just don't have the money, but I'm supposed to do something and put themselves into credit card debt. What do you want for Christmas? It should not be things. And actually, we're told in the spirit of prophecy, we ought to all go out and buy books, great controversy desire of ages steps to christ and put those books into the hands of your loved ones and send books y'all hear me that sounds crazy doesn't that spirit of prophecy he so said we ought to take books that are going to give people and open to them salvation and help them understand what is coming upon the earth that's what i would like to see for christmas i'd like to see our church become what it's supposed to become to stand up and do what God wants it to do, and what God will enable us to do, that we might stand together and finish this last angel's message. I'd love to see my church, that's what I want for Christmas, my church loving one another and being kind to each other and not having grudges against that one or this one, and families come back together, call somebody and make it right, that brothers and the sisters who haven't talked together, and some people even mad at their mothers. I don't know if they won't talk to their mother. What I want for Christmas, call your mother and make that thing right, or your father. We don't know how much time we have. What do I want for Christmas? To see God's people love and have a real smile on their face. Not the plastic one. You know that little plastic one? Happy, sad, happy, happy. That's the plastic one. Have something that comes from real, that you're glad to see each other. Amen? That you shake the hand and hug somebody, that you're glad to see somebody, even if they wear a suit like that. You're glad to see them. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see God's people happy in Jesus. Amen? and loving one another, and looking forward to his second coming, and telling the world, praise the Lord, I'm glad that Jesus is truly the reason for this season. Amen. Is that your desire? Raise your hand. That's what I want for Christmas, is to see God's church step up and be what God wants it to be. Bow your heads with me if you would. Our Father and our God, we thank you so much for uh, this Christmas season. It is true, we know that you were not born on December the 25th. We know that for sure. In fact, we are told by inspiration that you kept that date hidden for a reason. And so we know, Lord, it doesn't matter about all those things. But the important thing, as Sister Gray said, that you were born. We know that you came as a little baby, but then you told us you're coming the second time, but not as a baby. You're coming as King of Kings and Lord of Lords to rule and reign and to make this thing called sin disappear. And, Lord, we thank you for how you have blessed us through this year. And as we come now to the Christmas season and the close of this year, we ask that you will help us to close out sinful thoughts, to close out sinful desires, and to open up a new year, Lord, allowing you, the Holy Spirit, to lead us and guide us. Now, Lord, I pray that you will bless saving grace in a special way, Let there be an inspiration among us. Let your spirit prick something in our hearts and liven us and step us up. Let a fire be lit here. Let us start, Lord, with Pastor Harding and down to the elders, Lord, and all those who serve and stand before you. And then, Lord, to every young person in this church, let us realize that what we should want for Christmas is more Jesus. In your precious and holy name we thank you. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggrace sda dot org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting savinggrace sda dot org.